Hi, Shalom. Welcome again to Seekers of Meaning, the podcast arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address. Uh, we welcome your comments and uh, suggestions to us at Rabbi Address at JewishSacredAging.com. We thank you for your time and joining us today for something that promises to be very, very exciting. But, um, according to the calendar, we're about a month away from Passover. I think the first Seder is the first week in uh, April. And we wanted to talk a little bit about not the festival itself, but the major component of the festival, and that is the Seder and what goes into the Seder, obviously the Haggadah. And there's no better person right now to talk to uh, than Eileen Levinson, the founder and executive director of Haggadot.com, uh, coming to us from one of the great cities, London, England. So Eileen, welcome. It's nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Nice to see you too, Richard. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. This is going to be very exciting. I'm very interested to learn about Hagadot.com. And so just for, the, just for somebody who perhaps uh, isn't aware of what this is, what is Hagadot.com? How did you start it? And why did you start it? Sure. So Hagadot.com is uh, an online platform that invites Jews of all backgrounds and uh, those who are curious about Judaism to create, personalize, and share uh, their own Passover Haggadah. And we have thousands of resources for users to choose from. And we invite uh, users, our broader community um, around the world, to upload their own content, whether that's uh, you know poetry or commentary or artwork or photos, and they can share it with the broader community if they'd like. And so we're really creating an opportunity for people to mix and match from each other's content and take the behavior that so many of us are familiar from uh, growing up or, you know, our many years of cutting and pasting uh, Haggadot from or photocopying and doing it online. And um, taking this home ritual that is so essential to so many of our uh, you know, core experiences of Judaism and uh, making it accessible and adaptable for all. And I started the website. Um, it was, it, we had a very um, sort of long evolution process. I actually, my background is as a graphic designer. I have a master of fine arts in design and I was at uh, CalArts, which is, if you can imagine the most radical art school with, you know, people skateboarding through the hallways with their dog on a leash and uh, uh, a clothing optional pool. Uh, we were really encouraged to imagine, just like think really big about what design can do. And for me, I had a lot of experiences growing up where being Jewish was very important to our family. And yet um, it didn't always feel like our my questions were being answered, that there was a lot of um, diversity in our community. And, you know, we were reform, and yet there seemed to be a very clear way of doing reform Judaism. And, you know, by the time I got to my uh, college years and 20s, I sometimes would say I'm Jewish, but I'm not really Jewish. I'm not that Jewish. And then, um, and then I just got, became exposed to a lot of different ways of being Jewish and wanted to really make it my own. Um, and so I was in grad school, and we had the assignment to imagine a future publication. So. This was in 2007, 2008, when 
the internet was really booming. Designers are worried about print dying and we're all trained to do like beautiful book designs and uh, other print materials. And so what do we do with, uh, how, how is print, you know, a publication going to change? And so I, um, I thought about, um, how design for me would be a really, I, I wanted design to be a tool for collaboration and for storytelling. And how do we make entry points for people to share their stories on a core text? And so naturally I thought about the Haggadah because that, that is the place where we all come together to read the core text, but it provides that opportunity for us to improvise and, um, you know, really tell the story as though we personally came out of Egypt. And so it's, it's not just a nice thing to do, but we're really, um, to engage in Judaism is to put ourselves in the story and to see others in the story. And so, um, I came up with this proof of concept for Haggadot.com, you know, just designed a few screens, really didn't know very much about web design. And over the years, I started to talk about it. Um, ROI community, which is a, a new an initiative of the Schusterman Foundation was, um, started around that time. Um, I got accepted to go and talk, to be a part of ROI and I shared this idea and, you know, uh, it's really amazing what a supportive community can do and people saying, you know, offering feedback and figuring out how we get little seed grants here and there to build it. And, um, the first version of the site, um, was online. It was very, very basic in about 2011, 2012. Um, and then the version that you would see, I would, I would normally say that you'd see now, but actually we did just relaunch, uh, the website. Um, and so the version that you, uh, that was live until about last month was actually built in 2014, um, with some funding from the Jewish New Media Innovation Fund, Natan, Righteous Persons. Um, uh, but again, that was built on a very scrappy, you know, small budget for what we really needed. Um, but it's been amazing to see how the community has really, um, adopted it and, uh, made it their own and to see, you know, we have about, um, at this point, we have about 600,000, uh, users annually. Um, we have a hundred thousand folks on our mailing list who are members of the site. Um, we have, I think about, you know, 110,000 different Haggadahs that people have made. Um, and so, um, you know, it's been this great, uh, you know, relationship between us using design thinking and technology, but then also adapting with the community as we've seen how people wanted to use it. So if I'm sitting in my living room someplace, it's a month before Passover and I look at my collection of Haggadot and they just doesn't, they don't speak to me anymore. I don't have art. I don't have a collection. And this is really cool. So how do I, how do I do this? I, I go to Haggadot.com and then what happens? Uh, because the website is very beautiful. It's colorful, but I've never done this before. Suppose I'm a little technologically challenged as my grandchildren tell me that I am. How do I do this? Walk me through the process of how do I create my own personalized Haggadah? Sure. So the first thing to know is that we are here to help and we design for all technological abilities. Um, but you go to the site and you can start browsing. Um, but the best thing to do first is sign up and you're creating an account because then when you start browsing, you can click bookmark on any Haggadah that you like, or we call them clips, which is an individual reading or video or 
little little bit that you want to put in your Haggadah. And so you can then go to, we have a tab called Explore Haggadahs and Explore Clips. So if you're a user and you want to explore our library, you go to the Explore Haggadahs tab and you can see some of our top Haggadahs, whether it's a comedy Haggadah, a Haggadah that we created last year to support um, the efforts in Ukraine. Um, you know, uh, and to learn also about Ukrainian Jewish community. Um, there are, there's a liberal Haggadah, if you are used to a lot of English, a traditional Haggadah, if you want a lot of, uh, if you're used to the original Hebrew text. And so um, once you've been browsing through our Haggadahs and all the pieces of information, you can choose to create a Haggadah. And we make it really easy for you. You don't have to start mixing and matching the content all from scratch. You can start with a template. So you can start with the core Haggadah um, that we use. It's modified from Jewish Boston. They did a great Haggadah. The Wandering is Over Haggadah. Um, a few years back, they updated it. And um, if you want to download our Haggadah and find one piece of content to add to it by searching our library, um, you can do that. Or we have people that can spend two to three hours on the site really just searching for different keywords, whether it's environmentalism or feminism or um, aging um, and, and getting content that speaks to that particular issue and relating it to the Passover story so that your Haggadah can have a very um, specific theme and speak to the people at your Seder. And so if I wanted to, uh, if I'm having let's say the family together and grandchildren, I want to write something original uh, and put in my grandchildren and my children's names. I, I can do that. And there's a method that I can send it, click something and it would appear in the finished product of my Haggadah. Is that correct? Absolutely. So once you've compiled all of the pieces that you want, you can upload family photos. A lot of people love to do that. Oh, okay. You you can then um, choose to preview and export your Haggadah. You can view it as a flipbook on screen. And so I know some people aren't comfortable using technology at their Seder, and I absolutely respect that. So we, you can print it out as a Word document or, sorry, as a PDF document. Um, we do allow you to print it out as a Word document if you even want to do extra font changes and, you know, pull it up in Word or, or Google Docs and do extra font changes and colors that are beyond what we have in our software. Um, or you can really just view it on screen like a flip book and, you know, on your iPad or your tablet and, um, and scroll through it. And what's interesting about that is that when you come to a piece of video, you just click on uh, the link and the video will show up uh, in the frame. So it's, it's a real interactive uh, tool. Um, so again, you just choose the method that works best for you. Um, and you can have different people around your table using different methods. Some people might print it out. You can send it to them ahead of time by sending them the link. You could post it on Facebook. Um, and then just tell them, come to your Seder and this is what we're reading. It also takes the burden off of the host because you don't have to be responsible for buying Haggadahs for every single person at your Seder. Uh, you can, uh, you can tell them to, to, uh, either print it themselves or to bring it their own device so that everyone can have it in the way that's most comfortable for them. So this is probably a very rudimentary question, but 
as I told you, my grandchildren know that I'm technologically challenged. Suppose I'm very creative and I don't want to do the print Haggadahs. Can I go to your site and create a video Haggadah? Is that possible? Yes, you, you actually can. We don't have like all of the editing technology into the site. I think what you would do is you would create the video, you know, you might create a series of videos separately and then you can upload them into different sections of the Haggadah. So there's an, there's a couple of interesting examples of that. So, um, I think PJ Library, uh, did that and they collaborated with, uh, Shira Klein is our, she, she performs as Shira Lala. She does these great, um, you know, songs and uh, for, for kids. And so there's a, 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 basically her, uh, guiding us through the Haggadah all in video and broken up section by section. So if you just want to skip to Dayenu, you can skip to Dayenu. Cool. Um, the Jewish Emergent Network, uh, also did that with various rabbis from Ikar, um, Sixanai, Romemu, right. um, and there's a, a series of videos. And so what I think is great about that is if you, we, what we're, what we know now is that people learn really differently, right? So some people can read a text and absorb it or read it out, out loud and, you know, they really digest it. And some people are more auditory learners and you creating that video Haggadah could be really great for them. So we're speaking with Eileen Levinson, the founder and executive director of Haggadot.com. Uh, and I'm, while we're with Eileen, and again, thank you very much for joining us. I just want to remind you that are listening or watching um, that sponsorship available, the sponsorships opportunities are available to sponsor future Secrets of Meaning podcasts. And um, if you'd like some more information about that, just contact me, rabbi address at jewishsacredaging.com. And if you'd like to make a tax-free donation to help support these podcasts and our work at Jewish Sacred Aging, go to the website, jewishsacredaging.com. Just scroll down to the conveniently located donate button. And uh, click on there's follow the prompts. It's 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 really 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 easy, and we do appreciate uh, these contributions to help support our work. And also, if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, Eileen, what you're doing seems to be not seems to be is part of this explosion in the creation of personalized ritual. Across the generations from, uh, we're seeing this in rituals, uh, and older adults, and we're certainly seeing it in your generation. Talk to me a little bit about what you, why do you think this is happening? What's going on in the community, uh, with this explosion and saying, I want to create my own Haggadah. I want to create my own blessing about this. What's your sense? Uh, I think there's so many factors, uh, that we can talk about that are contributing to this. I think. Most recently, um, COVID. COVID really shook up our lives and forced us to ask deeper questions about how we were living and how we could, how we were finding meaning in our lives and um, the places that we used to go to and the routines that we had that gave us meaning um, were no longer uh, as available or at least in the ways that we knew them. And so, you know, one example is we saw, for example, our engagement in Jewish communities really changing as we couldn't go to the synagogue or go to the Shabbat dinner, but we had to find ways of doing it online, or we had to find ways to practice ritual 
at home or in small groups outside. And I think that, you know, some, we, we have these experiences in our lives when one thing shifts and it causes everything to shift. And of course, COVID was a very big shift. Um, and we're still, re- we're still recovering from that. And so COVID being the most obvious example that we, we had big questions to ask. We saw people around us getting sick. There was fear. There was anxiety. We needed to cope with it. And the ways that we were, had previously, uh, our coping strategies before COVID were not as available as they were before. Um, but I don't think it started with COVID. I think, um, you know, we're really uh, what I am, I'd say an, I'm an older millennial. I'm, I'm the young, gen, I'm an, uh, an ex ennial, right? So I'm, I'm the youngest Gen X, oldest millennial. And I think that my generation, we became really aware of how complicated our identities were. Or rather, I'd say, I think identity, I think we, generations before us were aware, but I know in our generation, we became a lot more vocal about wanting our full selves to be seen and heard and known. And whether that is because of, uh, gender or sexual preference or the nuances of race and class and gender privilege. Um, I know for me, that was a real conversation. Uh, that was having, that was happening between me and my peers since I was a teenager. And so for a lot of us, we knew, and, and even though I am a very, I'd say female presenting, uh, cis hetero female, you know, I still felt the ways that being, um, a woman, maybe being a little bit more artistic or creative, uh, didn't always fit in with the norms that I felt in the Jewish community. And I can see how if I were not white and I were not um, cisgendered or heterosexual, it would be even more pronounced. And so I think my generation and really the, gen- the younger generations like Gen Z, um, I'm really impressed with the ways that they are centering uh, those who have been previously been on the margins t- and bringing them in. And that means that our rituals have to change to accept who we are personally. Similarly, I think that our parents' generation, uh, you know, they're real, they're seeing this happen and it's creating space for them too. So for an example, um, the first high holidays of the pandemic, um, we, we're thinking about all the ways to do the high holidays at home. How do we take the essence of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, looking back on the previous year, you know, honoring our ancestors and, and bring that into the home? And so my colleague, Rebecca Missel, developed this idea of doing, uh, now the, the name is controversial, but it was a, a home altar. Call it what you want. You know, you can call it, uh, uh, you know, a, a mindfulness space. Uh, I know altar can bring up feelings or can connote sort of Christianity. So uh, I respect if that's not the right term. But, you know, how do you make a space where you can center your attention, be a little bit creative, bring in images of your family, bring in aspects of nature? And when we were creating this, we really thought it was going to be, we were joking around that it was a little bit woo-woo, you know, like in the, uh, yeah, right. And so, um, but what we found, we hosted a webinar. And it was a lot of 
uh, your generation, Ad, uh, Richard. It was a lot uh, like so. You, Richard, you and I both know each other uh, through my father-in-law, Mark, and so his wife, Maxine, my mother-in-law. She and her friends were really excited about making this home altar. And I happened to be with them at the time. And so she and I made this home altar together. And it was a really meaningful way for us to, you know, connect and, um, and bring in uh, sort of, we, we focused it on the matriarchs of uh, the Pinzer family. And, and it, it was a really beautiful experience. So, um, of course, I have that personal experience of intergenerational ritual making. Um, but we found, just like Maxine, uh, so many of our parents' generation have been hungry for ways to see themselves in Judaism, and we're providing opportunities for that. And I, I think also that generation was really part of like the Reconstructionist movement or women that were doing really innovation in Judaism, but it, uh, now it's becoming uh, broader. No, no, no. This is we're we're seeing. This is why I asked the question because we're seeing this in in the demographic that I work with in Jewish sacred aging. Exactly what you're saying from your generation. I need my Judaism to have to make sense to me in the world in which I'm living. I don't need pediatrics. I need mature, from our perspective, a mature spirituality and a mature response to the things that I'm living with since I'm living longer. And various types of things are happening that nobody ever appreciated or thought. So that's why I wanted to ask. It's very interesting. Thank you for that. And 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 so on your work with Hagadot.com, I would imagine listening to you that the pathway for um, interfaith couples, LGBTQ, trans, uh, Jews of color, are all represented in uh, on Hagadot.com. Am I correct in that assumption? I'd say that they are represented, but I have to say that it's still a work in progress for us. I don't think that they are as adequately represented as I'd like them to be, because um, I think that what we've known... So, so yes, we make space for diversity, and we have done our best to uh, highlight the voices that are multiracial, interfaith, um, gender non-binary, um, you know, uh, queer. Um, and when I say that we don't have enough, what I mean is that, um, I see those communities right now and the individuals engaging with those communities as actually being really under-resourced. And so when we, uh, we are able to find certain organizations that we partner with and individuals where we can help get their content online. But I think that, um, we're asking a lot of them to be able to tell their story. And if I can make a plug for, uh, you know, the, the us white Jews who might be listening is like, we need to put more resources into, uh, uh, supporting these diverse voices. It's not enough to just ask for their content. Um, but you know, we also need to fund them for their time to, to create this content. Eileen, have you gotten, I just occurred to me while we're talking about this. Um, you're creating personalized hag Hagadot, and it's part of that explosion of personalizers. Have you gotten any pushback from the institutional Jewish community, the rabbinate uh, organizations who's saying, you know, uh, I, you're shaking your head yes, so... Yes, yeah. 
So it's happened in so many ways. I also realized that now people assume I started to tell my story about how I came to create this more because I realized people were assuming that I went to Jewish day school and I was like, you know, I grew up inside the mainstream conservative Jewish establishment. But the fact is, I came a little bit as an outsider. And um, we joke every year, I get, and now I don't necessarily get the emails, you know, as the team has grown, they get the emails and I prepare them and I tell them, don't take it personally. But we always get somebody reaching out that what we're doing is uh, too progressive, that we're watering down. Yeah, we're watering down Passover. We are, uh, I've gotten, you are finishing what Hitler started. Um, (laughs) Yes. uh, No, you're just getting me on a day where I'm feeling, uh, you know, I'm feeling a little more open to sharing. But yeah, we, we, what I'm finding is that the institution, when we talk about like federations or the people who are really invested in growing Jewish community, um, for the most part, they know that this kind of providing these entry points um, is so essential for like helping people become a part of the Jewish community and helping, you know, Jews around the world still be a thriving people. Um, but yes, we get a certain amount of haters and we just gotta, we just gotta move on from that. Oh, no, I'm, I'm a, well, I'm, I'm not surprised, which is why I asked the question, but mm-hmm. I would hope that, that more and more people understand this is part of the, the restructuring of the, of the Jewish community, not only in the United States, but worldwide. And, um, there's no one path. There's no one truth. There are many, many different. And, and as you're pointing out, uh, the generations approach these things differently. And, and But if you understand Jewish history, they, which is how we've survived, we've always innovated. We've always adapted. We've always changed. That's how we've survived. So, Kohakavo yeah. to you. I do feel that it is important to say that I, I think that we've finally, over the past few years, become become more embraced by the real if we were to say quote unquote like the jewish establishment um because whatever, of the whatever amount, that means yeah right right yeah i know even saying it i'm i'm worried this this clip is going to be used like somewhere but we've been <laughs> in, in, the people who are really invested in Ju- building jewish community um have taken notice and have thrown uh support behind us which is really really great and so, um, you know, that is, we did just receive funding from, uh, the Jim Josephs Foundation and okay, the, Schim- the oh, Schusterman yeah. Foundation and Mandel Foundation. And they're, they're fantastic partners in, in how we, uh, build this vision to take this core concept of, of DIY Judaism that really comes out of making your own Haggadah and uh, how we expand that to all aspects of Jewish life. Um. So before we start running out of time, I want to pursue one more thing with you. There, you've been a you are a pioneer in all this, and um, with Hagadot.com, uh, but if, and we we've, you mentioned this before when before we 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 before we started the 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 show. There's a new enterprise. There's a new uh, iteration coming with you. This um, uh, recustom, uh, a rebranding. It's not, re- it's, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it's not replacing Hagadot.com, but it's sort of like, come on, would I be correct in saying it's the next generation? It's the next iteration of your creativity. 
So walk me through what is recustom.com. Yeah. So to be um, transparent, we have had a little bit of a branding challenge uh, the past half decade or so. We knew that there was potential in Hagadot.com to expand to other rituals. Um, but the core, our core audience was at Passover. We, as we became a 501c3, we needed to have a name. And that name was Custom and Craft Jewish Rituals. That never really caught on. Um, and now that we're in a position to really expand with robust technology, um, we've been going through a really fascinating rebranding stage. And our new name is Recustom, a name to our old name, but also to our ability to customize our own rituals and traditions. And we're really just, and Recustom is a community of meaning and care to help you make ritual your own and welcome whatever life brings. And this core model of using templates and the core, a core structure to a ritual that we provide, whether that is, you know, a wedding ceremony or a divorce ceremony or, um, you know, a, a holiday structure or daily rituals, we, we provide the core template and we give you options to mix and match content, uh, so that it feels meaningful to you. And I should say also that, um, on Hagadot.com, there's a feature where you can collaborate. So you can invite your Seder guests or your friends to make a Haggadah with you and to, you know, exchange your content. And what we've heard from our community is that this idea of collaborating is really exciting and meaningful. And people want to collaborate with others on the site and get to know other like-minded Jews and find other organizations and other events. So on recustom.com, we partner with a number of organizations who we see as the expert in that particular content area. Because while we are the designers and we know how to build the structure, there's so many voices that we want to lift up in the Jewish community and feature their content um, to essentially be the curators um, in all content areas. So a couple of the areas that we're going to be launching later this year is um, obviously, you know, we're very interested in uh, aging and the community on this podcast and how do we provide more rituals for uh, the, the years that we have now living healthier, active lives? Um, how do we provide rituals for all the different ways that we start families that maybe aren't the, as simple as man and woman having a natural conception, but it could be same-sex couples. It could include IVF. It could include all of the challenges that could happen. Um, so, so that path to parenthood uh, area, we're going to also be launching later this year. And we're also thinking about family stories and how do we mix and match content to weave together our stories of the of just how we came to wherever we are now in our Jewish journey and uh, what our family traditions look like. So uh, we're really excited. We, we really see Recustom as an opportunity um, to grow. And we hope that as it, it provides an opportunity for more people to bring ritual into their lives so we can provide inspiration. Um, and we could also build this big Jewish library where we're seeing all the ways that Judaism is changing and growing around the world. I have to ask you this question because right, I, I, can, I can see in my mind's eye we have colleagues who 
listen or watch uh, these podcasts. And I can, I can just see some of my colleagues who are in congregations, their eyes like lighting up and saying, wait a minute. One of our chief um, holds, if that's the right word, it's probably not the right word, uh, our bar and bat mitzvah. And we have a structure. Okay. You mean to tell me that the Horowitz family uh, can then go to recustom.com and create their own personalized bat mitzvah ceremony? What does that do to their membership at Temple Whoopi? So my question is, and I'm sure you'll get some of those emails. So my question is, do you think it would be possible? Could this could be really, really exciting and a little bit out there that you would go to the synagogues, the denomination, the, like the rabbinic organization, say, look, you may not have the capacity to or the time, especially smaller congregations and the staff to work. If you get like the Horowitz family who wants to create their own person, more personalized within the context of we'll help you do that. Could you, is that a possibility? Richard, you are, have you read our strategic plan? Because that is absolutely in there. So, um, and, and that actually is we, a great example of how we, uh, we can work hand in hand with synagogues. So instead of this online experience replacing in person Jewish life or in, you know, or our traditional institutions, it's an opportunity to actually get people more engaged in our institutions and provide more opportunities for personalization without necessarily putting more work on the clergy or the, you know, the ritual committee, right? They can be essentially the curators for their community or the guides and provide templates and then allow their community to use our technology based on their curations to make their own ceremonies. Um, so, so it, it's great seeing your eyes light up because that, that no, is exactly the reaction I want from people. Um, I do want to say that the, the bar mitzvah section is limited at this point. And so we need, this is a, this is a growing, the site is like a, a growing organism and we need the community to keep working with us to add more content and help fill out those areas. So, I mean, this is, look, um, I know some of my colleagues or some people may saying, oh, this is way too much. But I think I want to congratulate you. I think this is um, a glimpse, again, into different pathways. Um, and I think if the, if the synagogue community really sits down with you, uh, they could see this as a partner, a real partnership, a real creative partnership. Uh, and I would hope that over the course of the next few years, they would bring you to the CCAR convention and the rabbinic conventions and the conservative movement and the reconstructionists and all the others who are training colleagues and saying, look, this is an opportunity because more and more, uh, by the way, more and more of our younger colleagues are totally fluent of your generation, totally fluent in, in, in technology. So what it seemed to me, this is a, a very, very interesting evolution that's going to be taking place. So. Keep me informed. Uh, this is really fun. Um, Eileen, uh, thank you very much. This has been a very, very, just been fun to talk with you. And um, I'm, I'm very happy that you're doing this. And real fast, if some, 
Haggadot.com. Spell it because there's about full, maybe a million different ways of spelling Haggadah. Well, how do you just how how do I get to the website? H a g g a d o t dot com. Eileen Levinson, the founder and executive director of Haggadot.com and soon to be evolving Recustom.com. Thank you very, very much for joining us uh, today from home in London. Uh, say hello to uh, the Evening Standard for me. And um, and again, have a pint of Guinness on us at Jewish Sacred Aging. We, we really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time and continued good luck and keep in touch. I'm sure we have some things to work on together. Um, thank appreciate you. It. Yeah, thanks, Richard, and happy Passover. Oh, yes. Chag Sameach and enjoy. Enjoy very much. Uh, and say hello to your family for um, To all of you, thank you very much for joining us on today's edition of Secrets of Meaning, the podcast and TV arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. A reminder that uh, we appreciate your comments to rabbi address at jewishsacredaging.com. And again, if you'd like to make that tax-free donation, go to the website, jewishsacredaging.com, click on the donate button and just follow the prompts. We appreciate your time. We really do. And we want to give a shout out to our producer, Steve Lubetkin, because these podcasts are produced at the studios of Lubetkin Media Companies in beautiful Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address, and we look forward to seeing you again on the next edition of Secrets of Meaning. Until that time, stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy and be kind to one another. Shalom.